Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I'm so excited because today we are going to be continuing our Aura Color series, our introduction series. So if you're new, welcome. And if you have tuned in before, welcome back. Thank you so much for deciding to listen again. I'm really excited because, I mean, I love all of the colors. All of the colors have their own flavor, their own theme. And what, the color orange is really, really special to me. So we are going to be talking about the color orange today. So before we get started on every single podcast episode, no matter what, I really like to just take some time to set up the space. So what I mean by that is just I take the time to close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, just set my intention, call in whatever I want to call in, and then we can get started. So I take a couple of deep breaths. If you want more time, just click the pause button, take all the time that you need, and then we will dive into the color orange. Okay, perfect. So if that was not enough time for you, feel free to just, you know, Go back, pause, do whatever you need to do, and we are going to get started. So orange in my practice, I have I said this in the last podcast episode, and I will say it again. I have my own way of interpreting the aura colors. There are so many different ways that you can interpret the colors depending on, you know, what it whatever it is that you receive, however it is that you channel. I think all interpretations are beautiful. My, I would say that my interpretations of the aura colors do have some overlap with the traditional ones. So for example, last time I recorded, when I recorded red, there were a lot of themes of home and family. And I kind of just have my own flavor of that. So instead of just home, family, and getting grounded, a lot of information came up surrounding, you know, what does it mean to be a part of this universal family? You know, what does it mean to kind of see the universe, see earth, see everywhere as your home, you know? So again, orange in so many practices does have something to do with creativity, but each, so each color has about seven archetypes that provide a different dimension, a different flavor, a different aspect of that color, kind of like, um, so for example, the first archetype we are going to start with is the kiss. So the kiss as a part of this orange family provides a different kind of take on creativity and co-creation. So that's the big theme for today is creativity and co-creation with the color orange. And it's perfect to start with the kiss because the kiss, there's, there are all of the archetypes to me are special in their own way. And I found that within this linear human experience, there are some that I've just interacted with more than others, you know? So I've gone through different seasons with a lot of these cards and the kiss is definitely one of them. And I remember the first time the kiss ever came through and it really rocked and shifted my understanding of what co-creation really, really meant. So 
The first time that the kiss ever came through, it invited me to look at all of my past relationships and why is this important? So orange is the color of creativity and co-creation. And to me, co-creation is not only really connected to our interpersonal relationships, but it is reflected through our interpersonal relationships. And that is the energy of the kiss. So the day that the kiss came through with, with its magnificently powerful medicine, I was called to look at all of my past relationships, just uh, I would say the major ones. And the wonderful thing about the kiss is that there is no limit because the kiss is an invitation to look at literally every single relationship that you have, big or small. So this could be your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your friends, or I don't know why this example keeps coming through, but somebody that you met at the grocery store, you know, the way in which that you interact with them, all of them, all of these relationships whether it seems like it's so minor or inconsequential, it reveals something about your relationship with creation in general. So again, with orange, the big word here is creativity. So think co-creation. Your relationship with creation in general is reflected in all of your co-creative interpersonal relationships. And that is what I understood with the kiss. So the kiss's energy is so much easier to understand if you kind of, if you take a look at those very, very impactful relationships. But what's so interesting about it is, again, the way that you interact in one of your relationships is reflected everywhere. It's just that for our human minds and in this human experience, it's a lot easier to understand if you do look at the ones that have had a major impact. So that day... I did look at all of, for example, my past romantic relationships, right? And by the way, that's not to say that romantic relationships are the most impactful ones that you will ever have. I actually looked at my romantic relationships and my familial ones, you know? And then for some people who might not have, um, who are not maybe super close, you know, with their family or maybe their family was absent, your friend, for many people, actually including me, your friends are like your family, you know, so the kiss is also an invitation to look at your friendships. You know, for some people, their friendships are the most impactful relationships that they will ever have. It doesn't matter which one it is. You know what I mean? It's more about which ones had the most impact on you. It's not necessarily about the label. You know, the kiss is all about intimacy. It's about those really, really close knit, very, very impactful interpersonal relationships. And Again, that's because we can kind of, it's so much easier. The kiss is also the card, the archetype of looking at patterns. So you can probably imagine how it is so much easier to see patterns that you might have with someone that you're, that you're really, really close with versus someone that you might have met in passing or maybe somebody that you just had. Or you know what? You could also be the opposite. You know, sometimes people can more easily take a step back and see their patterns when they're just having a really good conversation with somebody in the park, you know, just because that's more of like a low stakes situation, you know, and it's more easy or it's easier for them to be objective, you know? So again, the kiss is just look at, you know, what is meaningful to you, you know? So the kiss is take a look at, you know, whatever it is that, you know, will reveal those patterns for you. And Going back, so patterns are so revealing, so, so important. 
um, again, for me personally, romantic relationships have always been the easiest way for me to understand my patterns, right? So that's what I was taking a look at that day. And at the when I kind of traced, so I don't know why I even did this. I just, this is just how it turned out. Um, but that day I decided to start with my most recent relationship and then kind of work my way backwards and then kind of tie those patterns together. And that's when I received the final download that in all of your relationships, again, doesn't just have to be romantic. That's just the example that we're going to go with here. Um, they are all reflecting your relationship with creation. And that is the color orange, you know? So the kiss is a beautiful card in saying that your interpersonal relationships, big or small, seemingly inconsequential or not, they are all equal reflections of your relationship with creation. And that's the color orange. The color orange is you know, paying attention to your creativity. It's paying attention because your creativity is also reflective of your relationship with creation. And that's also, again, interpersonal relationships is just a way to say co-creation. So that is the kiss. It's one of, again, it's a very, very special card to me because whenever that card shows up, it's basically, it's kind of calling me out in a way, you know? Um, there are certain cards. I mean, if we all let's say we all grab this deck together, there would be different cards for you and I that are kind of like those. OK, it's kind of time to check yourself cards. You know, the kiss is a huge card for me of, OK, take a look, you know, kind of it's like a let's check in. Let's take inventory. Let's take a look around and see, you know, what pattern am I kind of what pattern do I really need to pay attention to? Because your relationship with creation might need some tweaking, or maybe you want to reevaluate the way that you are co-creating all of these experiences, you know? And again, very, very, not necessarily, I think I said easy a lot. Um, it may or may not be easy, but again, it's just very, very, very revealing to take this closer look at your interpersonal relationships. So that is the kiss. And I'm sure we will wrap back around because again, all of these, there are about seven, what am I saying about? Um, there are seven cards within each color family. So next, if we're going to talk about, actually, you know what? Let's jump over to the castle. So again, all of these are orange. So they're all tied into the energy of creation, your relationship with creation, co-creation in general. So what is co-creation? That means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And then that some people find it synonymous or to be synonymous with manifestation. And I don't use the word manifestation a lot, um, if at all, only because there are just certain words. Um, what am I talking about? Words carry meaning, right? We assign meaning to words. And I found that the more there was like a period of time when, you know, I mean, I guess manifestation is still a buzzword, but um, it was manifestation was a huge or was kind of up and coming. It was like becoming a huge buzzword. And I had no idea what it meant. I, I remember when I first heard it, I was like, what is it even? What does manifestation even mean? I I don't even know what that is, you know? And so I kind of took a little mini dive into that. And at first, you know, I really liked the concept of manifestation. You know, I really liked 
this concept of basically to me manifestation translated to being empowered you know taking you know life in your own hands not necessarily you know subjecting yourself to victim consciousness that's what manifestation meant to me and i found it incredibly empowering until i found out not found out but I saw how so many people were using it. And now, especially within the past year, um, the, the word, it carries so many, it carries so many different dimensions. And in some cases it can be incredibly problematic, you know? Um, and it can also, and it, it literally, it depends on how you use it. So words are just words, right? Um, words are not inherently good or bad or anything. They're neutral. They're just words. It's the meaning that we put behind them. And it's the meaning, um, it's, and it's how we use them. It's the intent to which we use them. So for example, and I have, by the way, I have an entire page on my website dedicated to this. It's, uh, it's under the FAQ section about language. Um, if you're interested, um, and I wrote this around, there was an eclipse this summer it's actually around the time that I first published this website in the first place. Anyway, in I found, especially around the summer, um, when everything with the, when the peak and I would guess, um, or what would I say, when everything was coming to a head with Black Lives Matter, there was, there was so much going on. It was absolutely incredible. And I really, I really liked all of the conversations that came out afterwards, or what am I saying? Not afterwards, during about the word manifestation and how, and just the conversations surround manifestation during, you know, that time period where Black Lives Matter was, you know, really coming to a head. So Basically, what I was saying or what the conversations were surrounding was how, you know, people were using manifestation in a disempowering way and not, you know, and basically as a way to ignore the systematic oppression that is very, very prevalent in this country. And when I talk about this country, I'm talking about the states. I don't know where you're from, um, but I am talking about the states. So I've only ever lived in the states, so that's all I can talk about. Um and as a Jamaican American woman, I found that very, very interesting because those conversations, I had never seen them before. And you know what? They probably existed before. Um, it's just that I, again, I wasn't, I didn't really know much about manifestation in the first place. So I really, really appreciated um, the way that people held the container and held the space for the conversation about the intersection between manifestation and marginalized groups in general. So all of that is to say that um, we're not going to like go into that too, too much. Um, but the castle is a, I found that the castle, whenever the castle came up, it was around a time when I was redefining manifestation for myself. And like I said, all the way at the beginning there, I don't really use the word manifestation because of all of, and I mean, you can't control for this, right? But I have found that people are using manifestation in a more harmful way, in a way that kind of ignores the human experience, you know? So it's in the, it's kind of in the same way I don't like to use the word spirituality. Spirituality, again, it's a beautiful neutral word, but the way it's being used is harmful, you know? 
to a lot of people and it exclude it also just excludes a lot of people you know um because now spirituality also has you know these aspects where people are using it in a way to say this is spiritual and this is not you know this is um I am spiritual because I check these boxes and because I do X, Y, Z, and this is not. And again, going back to, you know, what I was talking about a little bit, like, I don't know, I was going to say earlier, like five seconds ago, you know, not everybody, I believe that we are all inherently spiritual beings. You know, that's not something that can be bought, right? And so that would be like saying, you know, if you can't afford to drink this juice and to go to this yoga class and to get this reading, then you're not a spiritual being. And to me, that's just not true. You know, um, again, orange as the color of creativity, co-creation, relationship with creation. We all have that, you know, the way that I, and I went through, I mean, I explored a lot in terms of co-creation and that's not to say that, you know, the term co-creation creativity, um, doesn't have its own problems. Uh, Again, it it literally just depends on how people use it. Um, but that's what the castle is. You know, the castle challenges us to have these, again, a little more challenging conversations surrounding, you know, how it is that we define manifestation, how it is that we use these words like, again, manifestation, spirituality, and co-creation to it kind of goes both ways. So I originally, and that's what I love so much about the cards. The cards are so beautiful in this way. Originally, when this card came through, there were so many downloads about, you know, just calling into question, what is it that you want to create? Because the cat, the castle does have this, um, this materialistic materialism flavor to it, where basically it just asks you to call into question, like, what is, what is your real goal? You know, so, for instance, you know, it, it would be um, with the castle in general, it would be kind of easy and a little bit lazy to say, OK, I just I'm here because I want to make as much money as I can. I want to do X, Y, Z and I want to check X, Y, Z boxes. You know, the castle has this energy of like, make sure that whatever you are creating, it's not just to check a bunch of boxes, because when you have those boxes checked, what's next? You know, not how take whatsoever. You know, I think there's um, for years we've been reevaluating, you know, what is it? What are these boxes that we check? Um, for example, house, relationship, money, um, career, X, Y, Z. That's what the castle is. You know, it has you call into question. What is it that I actually want, you know, and how is it that I want to get there? So it's got it's got a lot of layers to it. You know, just like a castle has so many rooms, the castle has a lot of layers and it's a really, really cool card in that respect. So it's not only, you know, so that's kind of more of the what, you know, in terms of redefining manifestation and really calling into question what it is that you want to create in your time on this earth and not just falling into the trap of, oh, that looks good or that sound or that worked for somebody else or, you know, like that's what I'm meant to be doing. No, the castle is like, figure that out for yourself. And that's why the light expression of the castle is kind of finding your own like seat of power. You know, when you are so, and by the way, like this, the castle, the re again, the archetypes are so interesting because they can keep popping up. You know, this is not something that 
you know, you figure out once and you're done, you're always creating, you know? And that's also the beautiful part of the castle and the process of co-creation is that you are constantly creating. You are constantly, and again, this is why I don't really use the word manifestation because it kind of seems to have like a past tense almost instead of like an ongoing thing. So I remember when I was first learning about manifestation um, in the first place and people would say, oh, I manifested this or or they would ask the question like, am I manifesting? And I was like, wait a minute, aren't you always manifesting? Aren't you always um, co-creating? And that's when I realized that the word manifestation in general did not reflect how I felt about the process. Ooh, sorry, my voice just cracked there. Um, the process of co-creation. So the castle is not only what are we manifesting and why, what are we creating and why. And again, literally doesn't matter what word you want to use. It's just how you use it. And so that's also a big part of the castle. So what are we creating and why? And then paying attention to, again, what does... In all these words I've thrown out there, co-creation, spirituality, manifestation, what does that process really look like to you? So again, I can tell you what it really looks like to me. To me, co-creation is synonymous with, you know, the ongoing relationship that you have with creation. You never stop creating. And again, to me, creativity, because I went through this whole thing too, Um, Kind of in the similar lines of, in the similar vein of spirituality, we're all creative, you know, whether or not I can't draw, okay? Um, I'm really also really bad at painting. I can't, um, pottery is not a thing for me. I'm not really musically inclined either. And, you know, I could literally go on and on and on about how I'm just like not talented in those like uh, typical creative ways um, not a very artistic person in general, actually. Doesn't matter. We're all like in the same way that we're all spiritual beings, we're all creative beings as well, you know? And writing and speaking just so happens to be my thing, but there are so many different ways to be creative. There's creativity through literally everything that you do is weaved in with creativity, whether it's cooking or I don't know, gardening, or um, maybe you're really into mathematics. I don't really know. I was super into math, you know. All of those are acts of because you're all because you have creation inside of you because you are inherently spiritual, you're always relating to that creation inside of you no matter what you do. And that's what makes you inherently creative. So that's also a part of that conversation. So it's not only um, it's not only the what in terms of what is it that you want to. So I guess we got two major questions here. The castle is what is it that you really want to create in this life? Not anything that anybody else has ever said or you think you should do, what is it that you really want to create in this life? And like, you know, and then really getting clear on that. And then there's also question number two, how do you view that process in general? And again, if you want to use the word manifestation, it's not a bad word. Just be aware of how you are using it, because there are so many ways in which we can use words, including co-creation to exclude different, like different human experiences. You know, I'm sure Co-creation has definitely um, been used in harmful ways as well. You know, um, there's like, there's definitely an example out there. Okay, all words have been used in harmful ways, you know. Um, So for someone who uh, has been through any traumatic experience in your life, if somebody were to say um, in a harmful way, oh, you co-created that, 
or you manifested that. It's it's literally the same thing, you know? So I guess there's three. There's like, what do you want to create? How do you view that process? You know, how is it that you view um, that process of creation for yourself? And then I just forgot the third one. Um, oh, and then, oh, third one is just, it's like a reminder of, how and a reevaluation of how you use those words to empower yourself. You know, again, the castle is all about, you know, finding your, finding your creativity, finding your rhythm of co-creation and finding your power within that, you know? So it's kind of like when those three things come together um, and maybe there's more because again, I didn't even realize that there were these other couple of dimensions to the castle until, you know, right now, until I'm talking about it. Um, when these three things come together, could be more, you're kind of sitting in your throne of power. So when you know, you know, what it is that you want to create, you understand, you know, how you understand creation for yourself. And then the third is kind of like a little bonus, but it is as just as important is the understanding that however you are creating, make sure it's not harmful to anybody else, you know, And that circles back to the conversation we had earlier that I definitely don't need to repeat. So next, we can actually jump over to the eternal child. or Maybe you can, uh, the the eternal child and the maiden kind of go together um, to kind of piggyback off of that conversation about how. So these two are very much kind of like how you move with creation in general. The eternal child, I love this card within orange in general. It's a very, very radiant spirit. It's a spirited card. It's a very spirited energy. So there, I feel as if also, you know, within like the, I guess, again, we're all spiritual. So I was going to say within the spiritual community, within the mystical community, whatever, you know, with respect to like manifestation, co-creation in general, there's a lot of conversation about the inner child and the eternal child is the inner child. It's like, um. They're both synonyms. So um, same thing. And here's why. So have you ever like done that? I feel like everybody does it, you know, one point. If you have ever found yourself, you know, rediscovering your creativity, rediscovering your relationship to creativity or learning about manifestation or your relationship with co-creation in any way, you've probably paid a visit to just revisiting your inner child in general. And here's why. We all know the narrative of when we were children, we were far more accepting, we were far more loving, we didn't judge, you know? So the eternal child is the lightest expression of the eternal child that we have within all of us. There is no judgment, you know? There is no judge. It's kind of like just think of the inner child as a stage in your life when there was no judgment. You know, when you were a child, you did whatever, whenever. Okay. Um, When I was a child, I played a lot of imaginary games with my sister. That was my favorite thing to do. We had like a bunch of different games, which are, again, here's my mind, like judging, like thinking back on them. Oh, that was super weird, you know, Um, or that was like really, really strange. I don't understand what we were doing. Nobody understands what children are doing or what they are making up in their own heads, you know? They kind of just do what they want. So we would just have like a bunch of different games we played with each other. We would be like, hey, do you want to play the XYZ game? Or hey, do you want to play the ABC game? And literally the game lived in our heads, 
you know, for the most part, sometimes we play with dolls or whatever, but or and then there were times when like we could we would play with the dolls or like if we were just in the car, we were like, we'll just play without them. We'll just imagine them in our heads. You know, we knew what the dolls looked like. You get the point. So the eternal child, it's this energy of just pure acceptance, you know, no matter what seems like weird or strange or unknown to you, pure acceptance. So who knows what we were imagining, you know, in our heads when we were like eight years old, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if when it's kind of like, you know, when we're children, we're not sitting there thinking, oh, this is weird. You know, when you're like five, you're not saying, oh, playing imaginary, like with my sibling, like that's weird. Or, um, going or with my cousins, I, we went on like, um, when we would like play in the woods, you know, when we would, you know, go up and visit them and spend the summer together. Um, we would like play like this discovery game in the woods where we would like go and like discover new things. And we would be like, oh, this rock is actually like X, Y, Z again, the weird stuff that like kids do. You're not questioning that. You're not questioning like, oh, this rock isn't really a rock. It's like a treasure. I don't even know, you know? That's the spirit of the eternal child. And why that's really, really important, I've found, you know, within this orange family is that the eternal child is not afraid to push the boundaries into the unknown, you know? So I remember years ago, um, I went to this meditation. Yeah, I went to this meditation Oh, I remember this. Yeah. So I went to this meditation in New York and it was right after my grandmother passed away. And I was so curious because I'd never done it before. I'd never had a major family member pass away. And so I went to this meditation where um, someone, a teacher, a healer that I deeply, deeply admired, he was leading a meditation on how to connect to spirits. And Either way, I was like, no, there were like two reasons I went. Number one, I've admired him for such a long time. He's taught me so much. His podcast is incredible. So I was like, this is a chance for me to meet him in person. That's so cool. That's way too cool for me to pass up, right? And then on the other hand, I was like, this might be actually really cool. I've never done anything like this before. Um, It was at the time, it was really, really outside my comfort zone. Um, But I was also really missing my grandmother. And I was like, you know what? What? Like, what harm could this possibly do? You know, this, it would be really, really cool to see, you know, I don't understand any of this. I don't really understand how this works, but I really want to meet him. And this is like kind of cool timing. So what I found the most interesting about that entire meditation was, you know, I, I always thought that there was like some like magic trick to be able to connect with ancestors, to be able to enter the spirit world, whatever. And what he said blew my mind away because it was so simple. And this is the energy of the eternal child. He said all that you needed was pure love and acceptance, you know, and to not judge. Judgment is what blocks your communication. And that is the energy of the eternal child. So kind of going back to um, orange a little bit and co-creation. So again, co-creation has a lot to do. It is reflected in your interpersonal relationships, but it's also you're co-creating every experience within your interpersonal relationships with as well. And that's not only the seen world, but that's also the unseen world. If you choose to tap into that. And if you don't, it 
literally all of that's up to you. And it also depends on how you interact with the eternal child. So, you know, during that meditation, he was basically saying, if you judge like the information that comes through and if you're like, that's wrong or this is weird or that doesn't make any sense or did I really, you know, hear that or did I really see that you're judging and you're blocking, you know, the eternal child is one that is not afraid to kind of push those boundaries and take, you know, and to leap into the unknown without fear, without judgment. And that's what brings the magic. That is why the eternal child is so magical because it just, it accepts everything, you know? And so that I just, that just blew me away and it just, everything clicked. It made the most sense to me, you know? What was blocking me, you know, the entire time when I was just like very, very curious in general was my judgment. You know, it was my judgment. Like in the past, I was like, the spirit world doesn't make any sense to me. That seems impossible. You know, the eternal child transforms the impossible into the possible. And that's what is so beautiful. And so the eternal child in that way brings so many more dimensions of creativity into your life. So now with the eternal child, if you so choose to, you're not just co-creating with like humans. Um, You can co-create with plants. You can co-create with animals. You can co-create with the spirits, you know, with your ancestors. Um, Some people really love channeling the like extra dimensional beings like the aliens, you know. The eternal child within the context of orange really expands your capacity to be creative. And it expands it into the unknown and it expands it into the impossible. And literally all that you need to do is have love and acceptance, you know. And then moving on to the maiden. The maiden is also kind of like a how. Um, The maiden is, again, a very beautiful and a very curious energy. So kind of going, um, pairing that a little bit with the eternal child a little bit. They both carry this. They, they go hand in hand really well together because with the eternal child, it's all about acceptance, love, acceptance. And that's what brings the magic. The maiden is also a very exploring, um, explorative. That's a word, right? Um, it brings this very, this energy of exploration and this energy of curiosity. So um, there's another card in here that is also uh, really, really connected to curiosity, but we can just talk about these two for a moment. Um, when you have no judgment, when you have acceptance, when you have love and you have curiosity, all worlds are open to you, you know, all ex- possible experiences of creativity, co-creation, they are all open and ready and available to you. So again, the maiden is very much the archetype, the energy of just pure exploration, you know, you're, it's the first card in the, um, the, there's the maiden, the mother and the crone. Um, I'm sure you've heard of those before. Um, so, I mean, also they don't really need much, ex- uh, much, um, what is it explanation, but the maiden basically before you, and again, what's so interesting about these cards are not gender specific, you know, so the maiden is like more when you're, um, more of like an adolescent. The mother is when you're like just like a little bit older. And then the crown is kind of like your final years um, in this human experience in this body. So that's why the maiden is such like a very curious, um, loves to explore, maybe gets into some trouble along the way, maybe needs some help. Um, 
That's a very, and by the way, you can access these energies no matter how old you are, whenever you are, it doesn't really matter. Um, They're timeless in that respect. So the maiden is very much just keeping the energy of exploration alive. And that's what keeps the energy of creativity alive. So for instance, um, the maiden has definitely been key in this series, you know? And in the exploration of just, you know, what are the aura colors mean to me in general, you know? So I didn't really, I know a little bit about the chakra system. I have read one book on auras total. Um, and I found that what was more important to me than anything was channeling my own understanding. And how did I get there? Through acceptance and curiosity, you know? So through the eternal child and the maiden remaining open and curious. So Kind of going back to the example with the castle, I have received downloads from the castle before and they've all been, you know, all, all of them have been equally beautiful, but I'm always open to more downloads from the castle, you know? So I came in and I always come in, you know, before a podcast episode, I'm like, I know where I'm starting, but I never know where I'm going to finish. You know, that's kind of the energy of the maiden always being open to new information, the maiden and the eternal child a little bit, always being open to new information, always being open to new. And that brings in new dimensions of creativity, you know, because if I, or for example, if I was like, you know what, I've read about these colors before. Um, I've read about them from someone who is a renowned teacher. You know, she's, she is absolutely brilliant. But if I, stop there. And I was like, you know, and the eternal child brings in this energy of, you know what, I can expand upon that. Not necessarily like I can do better, you know, or anything like that. You know, everybody has their own, has a right to their own interpretation. Everybody has a right to their own, you know, information. It's more of just, I can expand upon that in my own way. Let's expand this into the impossible. Let's expand this into the unknown. And the unknown and the impossible is where I found my interpretation of the aura in general. You know, and that's where I keep continuing to learn about the aura in my own way. And I have learned so much about co-creative relationships and my relationship with creation through my understanding of the aura. And I can't even begin to imagine, you know, what would come next. So that is the energy of the maiden. It's just kind of, it's moving through this world with like a it, an open and curious heart, you know, not putting those walls up, not saying that, and that's kind of a little bit of the eternal child, not saying this is right, this is wrong, because that kills the creativity. Could you imagine um, going back to the eternal child a little bit? Um, when you were a kid, if you were just painting something and then somebody was like, no, you got to paint it color inside the lines or you can't paint it this way. That's kind of what this is, you know, just on a different level. So if somebody was like, no, auras are this or um, they are that or this color means this or it has to mean that. Let me tell you something. I have not recorded the rest of these series, but I can tell you right now, there are some colors in here that it's not going to align with anything anybody's ever heard before, most likely. And you know what? That's okay. You know, that's kind of the let's draw outside the box and let's paint outside the lines and let's, I don't know, also make it a collage and then make it into like a sculpture portrait, whatever. I'm running out of art to like add on to there. Um, you get the point. So th- I really love those two together because with curiosity and open mind and an open heart, that is what brings you into the unknown. That is what brings you into the impossible. 
All right. So speaking of which, where do we go? Ooh, the impossible and the unknown. Great. So let's do the dead end. So I remember when the dead end came through as orange and I was surprised, but not really. So the dead end is synonymous with new beginnings. Okay. So I have this. So every, this is definitely an episode on here. Um, Every so often, I do a dream or a healing bonus episode on a recurring dream. And the dead end, if I am recalling correctly, and I'm pretty sure I am, is a main archetype in the aura of a very specific recurring dream. Not sure which one it is, but it is. So when it, what that tells me is whenever that dream comes through, I've hit a dead end somewhere. And that's the energy of, so that is the dead end. It's kind of like you've kind of hit a wall, you've hit like a threat, not like a, there is a card called the threshold and that's a little bit different. Um, But you've hit a wall somewhere and you need to pick a different path. It's kind of like you have come as far as you can possibly go here, time to move in a different direction. So the way I like to think of the dead end is also the archetype of the new beginning. So either the new beginning or kind of like an infinite portals card. So when I first kind of imagined and visualized the dead end. I was kind of like in a cave. And then there were like, I and it's kind of like in front of you is a wall. So you just can't move forward anymore. But to the side, there's like a bunch of different portals, you know, and a bunch of different other mini caves that you can go through and a bunch of other tunnels. Basically what that represented to me is that even though you can't move forward in the same way that you wanted to before, There's so many other portals, so many other little cave tunnels that you can take and you're going to be fine, you know? So the dead end synonymous with a new beginning, that's one of the most creative, like co-creative experiences you can possibly have. So there's two things there. You know, the dead end in this respect calls you to get a little bit creative and say, you know what? It's okay. Can't continue in this way anymore. That's fine. That's just, it is what it is. Let me pick a different path. Let me pick a different portal. Let me pick a different tunnel, you know, and then kind of just be as present as possible and see what comes from that. And then there's this co-creative aspect that says, and, you know, this depends on whether um, you believe in like God, source, creation in general. That's totally up to you. Um, Then so there is this other aspect of, okay. What is, you know, creation trying to tell me here? It's kind of redirecting me and just bringing me in a new direction. You know, so there's those two aspects. There's, you know, on, you know, within yourself, knowing that you're like, okay, you know what? This didn't go as I planned. Got to get a little bit creative here. Do what I need to do. Bring in a little bit energy, bring in a little bit of energy from the eternal child and the maiden to just remain curious and as accepting as possible because one of these tunnels is going to lead me to where I need to go, you know? And so again, and then there's that other layer layer of, I guess, what you could call trust, surrender, et cetera. Um, if you have that understanding that, you know, you always have creation within you and that's always guiding you, you know? So that's why I love the dead end for the color orange because there are going to be plenty of experiences. And trust me, I've been there where, you know, you've just, you've come as far. And then there's actually, let me go into that a little bit. The dead end is this energy of you have come as far as you can possibly go just in this way. 
So you need to like shake it up a little bit. So it is the invitation to just like, all right, let's shake it up to wake it up. You know, let's shake it up. Like what, what can we do here? We can't go here. We can't go this way anymore. So we have to like kind of get creative. So another example. So that card is really integral in a recurring dream that I have. So anytime I have that dream, I'm like, okay, what is it in my life where I've like kind of hit a wall and I've come as far as I can go and it's time to think of, okay, what can I do next? You know, what redirection can I take? And so that's true anytime the dead end appears in any aura. So it's a little bit easier in this way because if it's a dream, I might not know what it is, you know, kind of needs shaking up a bit. And that, again, that incorporates the energy of the eternal child. Let's just have some fun. Let's figure out, you know, what it is we can do here. Let's figure out how we can play around a little bit here. If the dead end appears in the aura, it's very cut and dry um, that, you know, so let's just say I was reading, um, let's say I was reading the aura of a relationship. You know, for example, that wouldn't, by the way, if I was reading the aura of like a friendship, Okay, let's just say, um, and then the dead end appears. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that relationship is over. And that's why I think, again, it's very important to remind us that the dead end also is synonymous with the new beginning because it's not necessarily an end. It is a beginning. You know what I mean? So if it appeared in the aura of a friendship, I wouldn't think, oh, this friendship is over. No, that's not, at least that's not what it means to me. What it means to me is that relationship kind of needs a reset or the way in which we are interacting in this relationship, this friendship, it's not, that's not going to work anymore. And there needs to be some sort of redirection. And then the rest of the cards in the aura kind of tell me how, you know, in what way, in what flavor um, does this friendship need a reset, you know? So the dead end can be incredibly useful if you understand that with the dead end, also comes a new beginning, you know? All right, perfect. And so we have the dead. So we've done the kiss. We've done the eternal child, the dead end, the castle. Oh, we have two more and the maiden. So, oh, perfect. Um, Let's do apocalypsis. So this one is, this one's a big one. This is a big energy. It's an initiation card. So apocalypsis, it's not the same as the dead end in any means, but it's it's a it's a very deeply personal transformation card, transformation energy. So apocalypsis is the energy of if you um it's kind of the internal you've been you've been kind of moving in some way and you've been let's just and within the context of orange especially you know, you've been creating in some way, you've been relating to creation in some way, because that's all reflected in your relationship with yourself. So apocalypse is very much in an, an internal energy. You know, um, the kiss calls you to pay attention to your external relationship, the external relationships, the dead end calls you to pay attention to your external circumstances. Um, the vessel, which we will get to is also a very external co-creative card. This is a, an, yeah, this is um, kind of like the castle. This is a very, very internal energy, you know? So apocalypsis, whenever apocalypsis has ever come in an aura reading, it basically, it tells this story of you have kind of two selves within you. One is 
you know, one that just kind of doesn't fit you anymore. You know, so imagine you're kind of wearing like, oh, okay, um, you're wearing a pair of shoes. Yeah, let's go with that. So imagine you're kind of wearing a pair of shoes right now. And you know what? They were really comfortable at some point. You know, they really fit you. They really fit your style or like an outfit. I don't know why I said a pair of shoes. Um, yeah, so we, but we can continue with that. So yeah, let's just say you're wearing a pair of shoes. You know, they were super comfortable at one point. They got you to where you needed to go. Um, and for some, and you love those shoes, you know, at one point in your life, you know, there's no denying that. So let's just say, yeah, you're, you're going for like a hike or something. I really love hiking. So you're kind of hiking in these shoes. You've been on a million hikes in these shoes before. And then for some reason, oh, they just, they feel so tight and they feel so uncomfortable, you know? And you're like, wait a minute, I've been wearing these shoes. I've worn these shoes on like a hundred different hikes, you know? Why do they feel uncomfortable now? That's the energy of apocalypsis, uh, but kind of more in terms of the self, not in terms of shoes. It's this energy of, you know, this old version of yourself that felt so comfortable and that you knew really, really well and did serve you at one point is no longer comfortable and it's no longer you anymore. So in the same way that, you know, you're hiking, you're hiking along, the shoes are great, you know, they're fine. They're really, really helping you. Um, they protect your feet. Um, they look really good. And now imagine, you know, you're, you're still hiking again. Like you're like, oh, they don't really feel, you know, that comfortable anymore. They also, I don't really like the way they look. I don't really like the way they feel. I don't like the way they fit. That's this energy. It's kind of, it's noticing, it's kind of like a liminal space almost. You're noticing the transition from, you know, when the shoes fit, when you felt good in them to now you just don't feel that way anymore. And you understand that, you know what, you're going to have to just get a new pair. Okay. That's apocalypsis. It's this energy of, you know, you were carrying yourself in a certain way. You were creating in a certain way. Um, you know, you were living your life in a certain way. You had this version of yourself that you thought was so like well-formed that you thought you understood. And then it just doesn't feel like you anymore. So apocalypsis is lifting that veil and making sure that you're always being honest and making sure that you're always checking in. So this is a, a, an initiation, a card that calls you to be extremely present because when it shows up, it means that you're kind of in that transition period where the way that you've been carrying yourself in the past, it needs to go and you need to make room for how you want to conduct yourself in the future. So in terms of orange, it is to say the way that you've been creating in the past, the way that you have been carrying yourself in your interpersonal relationships, your way of co-creating in general, that worked up until a certain point. And you, you can honor that, you know, that this card, again, it's one of those cards like the castle, you know, a lot of the, or the kiss, you know, a lot of these cards pop up to call you to reevaluate something. And this is one of those cards. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. You know, we all need to reevaluate at some point in time, but with apocalypsis specifically, what it, it's, it is another one of those cards that kind of calls you out just to say that this isn't you anymore. And you're kind of being dishonest with yourself if you think that it is, you know, and it also has this energy of um, you can't wear two pairs of shoes, you know, I mean, I've never tried to, 
Maybe you could fit on like a pair of ballet slippers into like a pair of snow boots or something, but you you understand. Like you can't wear two pairs of sneakers. You definitely can't wear two pairs of hiking boots. Um, you can't wear two pairs of shoes, you know? So it's kind of like one pair of shoes has to go and then you put on a new pair. You know, it is what it is. You know, apocalypsis is a great shedding, you know? So it's a, it's a great transformation energy. Um, and it, do, it does, since it is an initiation card and those are kind of the bigger energies within the deck, it is, it's a much bigger um, sweeping initiation than maybe like a pair of shoes. So it's kind of like um, that beautiful metaphor of, um, okay, so speaking of hiking, one time I, I planned this trip to Yosemite, okay? And I, ever since I was really, really young, I had been dying to go to Yosemite, right? So when I finally got the privilege and the chance to go, I planned basically the entire thing. I, like down to literally every hiking trail that I wanted to do. This actually happened to me twice now that I'm thinking about it, but we'll just go with this example. And so when I reached the trailhead with my friend and I, I had no idea, um, the forest had like burned down. They, they just had, and that's that happens in California. I'm from the East Coast, so we don't really get forest fires um, around here, but there are tons of wildfires. Um, it's very, very unfortunate, but that is what happens, you know, within California. So um, I'm definitely not used to that. I'm, do- I'm definitely not used to having to check to make sure the place that I want to hike is actually still standing. Um, but yeah, so the the forest that I really wanted to go to, it suffered from a tragic forest fire. And so there wasn't, um, the, yeah, the we definitely, we were not allowed to hike there because it was, yeah, we weren't allowed to hike there because they were preserving it so it could just regenerate. That's kind of the energy of apocalypsis is, you know, sometimes there does, and I know that like, I definitely learned this in like science class once that, you know, when forest fires happen, I think the ground is actually super fertile and then the forest will regenerate on its own. That's the energy. If I'm getting that right, that's the energy of apocalypsis. It's, you know, there needs to be a sweeping transformation. It might seem devastating at first. You know, you don't get to hike where you want to. You don't get to wear the shoes you want to anymore. And you just are not who you are anymore. However, there is a regeneration period after. You know, so apocalypsis, I kind of made it light with the shoes example, but it is like a very tricky energy to navigate if you are resistant to that shift, you know, but it is a huge creative transformation because anytime apocalypsis has come through, my relationship with creation has dramatically changed, you know, so very, very beautiful energy. And then I've had to kind of, you know, regen I give myself like a period there is a period what am I talking about there is a period of regeneration afterwards um it's never what I think it's going to be but I it's kind of like you you ha- it's like the card of creative transformation creative transformation um all right and then we have one more card here so the last card in the orange creative family is the vessel and this ties really really well going full circle back to the kiss. So the kiss, again, that was the card of, all right, taking inventory. Let me look at what is already present. Let me look at all of the relationships, you know, that are in my aura, all of the relationships that I've had in the past. And let me see those patterns that kind of click together. The vessel is another huge co-creation card 
it's the way that the vessel translates for me is the vessel of spirit card. So the vessel reminds you that within and this if this interpretation, you know, um, aligns with you and if it doesn't, it's fine. But so the way I understand the vessel is that everything that you see is a vessel for creation. Everything that you see is a vessel for love. So just in case you're like not about like creation, God, source, spirit, there's like so many ways you can interpret this. Um, but yeah, that's what the vessel is. So every single person, every single, you know, plant, every single animal, every single spirit, every literally everything that you could possibly interact with, that is a vessel for creation. That is a vessel for love. So there's again, there's two kind of different paths that we can take there. It all depends on your perspective, but they literally they say the same thing. So the vessel in terms of everything is a vessel for creation says that you can co-create with anything anywhere. And again, that depends on the eternal child and the maiden a little bit. You know, how creative do you want to get? How accepting are you? How much are you willing to release judgment? Um, you know, again, how open is your heart? That determines, you know, how and like what you were able to co-create with. Um, but the vessel also has this beautiful message of different vessels of creation come into your life at certain times to co-create with you, to show you love and creativity within yourself. So for example, um, talking about people, because people are a very easy example. Um, if you make a friend, you know, one right, yeah. Um, if you make a friend at a certain point or like a person comes into your life, they are a vessel of creation that you co-create with and they reveal different things about you to yourself. So it is a similar energy to the mirror. Um, the mirror is red. So if you have listened to red, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, just go give it a listen if you feel so inclined to. Um, the mirror is, just to distinguish them a little bit, the mirror is everything in this world is a mirror for you and reveals something about yourself within you. And that is a little bit, it's just a slightly different than the vessel, which is everything is, it's kind of like a, there are two different understandings of kind of the same thing. Some people understand this better with the mirror in that if they meet someone, they are a mirror for you. You know, they are a mirror in terms of you know, highlighting what it is that you love about yourself, what it is that you might not love so much about yourself in this world, in this experience. And everybody is a mirror for you, a multidimensional mirror in some sort of way. The vessel is more of like everything is an opportunity for co-creation. Everything is a vessel, a container for love. So if you're not about co-creation and you're not about, you know, creation, God in general, um, everything, the vessel also says everything is an opportunity, you know, for you to love, you know, because at the end of the day, like I've said before, creation is synonymous with God, source, spirit, and unconditional love. So anything, I just like the words creativity, co-creation, because they go really well with the theme of orange. Um, and there's also a different color here that I kind of tie into unconditional love. It's actually probably the last color I will talk about. It's magenta, but um, that is for a different podcast episode. Anyway, vessel, everything, you know, that you were interacting with every single everywhere is a vessel for creation. So even um, let's say and again, this depends on the eternal child is definitely tied into imagination. So 
this depends on, you know, a little bit of how an imagination, the way I understand imagination is it just stretches you into the impossible. So um, if you can imagine, you know, I remember I was listening to some podcast episode and it was about how objects have auras too. And I don't really know too much about that, but imagine, you know, if objects can have auras, which they can, by the way, um, because literally, again, with the eternal child, anything is possible. Um, you can co-create with them as well, you know? So that's kind of the energy of the vessel is every single last thing you can see is a container for creation in some way. And different containers come into your life at different times to show you something about your relationship with creation, you know? Oh, I really like that. So the mirror, so that's why they're kind of similar because the mirror is like, you know, people are mirrors, everything is a mirror, you know, for yourself and for you to learn about yourself, the vessel and, you know, again, that's more red. And then the vessel is orange in that everything you are co-creating with, you know, and that reveals a lot about your relationship with creation in general. So, okay, that is the last card for orange. So we had the kiss, your interpersonal relationships, and, you know, how that can reveal a lot about your relationship with creation in general. Trust me, I tried to keep that one short because I've talked about the kiss before, just journaling and just riffing and channeling um, for about five and a half hours. There's so much within that card. Um, but all, yeah, all you need to know for now, because this is an introduction episode, is that your relationship with creation is reflected in your interpersonal relationships. Um, and then we have, I'm definitely going to write about that at some point. And then we have the eternal child, which is, you know, remaining open and kind of co-creating with the unknown and co-creating with the impossible. So the eternal child is really stretching your capacity to co-create, you know, co-creating. Like for me, like I said, with the meditation example, that was co-creating with the spirit world. You know, that was like a stretch for me at one point. And to some of you, that's still a stretch, you know, and there are some things that are definitely still a stretch for me. What makes them not a stretch is releasing judgment. The dead end. Um, you've reached, you've come so far a certain way that you've been moving and you just, you need a new beginning. You know, you need a reset. You need a just, yeah, a restart. The castle, you know, calling into question, you know, what it is that you want to create, how it is that you kind of define that process of creation and making sure that it's not harmful to other people. Um, we also have apocalypsis, which is, you know, a very, very sweeping internal creative transformation. We have the maiden, which reminds us to remain curious. And then the vessel, which reminds us that every single last thing is a container for co-creation and to pay attention to the, to the specific container, you know? So for instance, that friend I was talking about earlier in my, you know, hypothetical example, if you met a person, they are a friend to you, you know, paying attention to how you relate to them, paying attention to how you create with them and, you know, what it is that their physical vessel can highlight for you kind of as a mirror, but like, again, similar energy, not quite the same. Um, but yeah, what can their physical vessel highlight for you within yourself and your relationship with creation in general? So, okay, perfect. That is a very brief introduction to the color orange lot about creativity, co-creation, your relationship with creation. Um, beautiful. So we are going to go out the same way that we came in. 
Um, I think it's always important to say thank you to all of, you know, to yourself for setting up the space, you know, reflect on your intention a little bit. For me, I always say thank you to my spirit family and my guides and my allies, etc. So we'll take a couple of deep breaths. As always, if you want to feel free to pause and then I will say goodbye until next time. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really enjoy talking about orange and I can't wait to record the next color. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Um, if you were new, I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you have listened before, I also hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed sharing space with you. So if you could rate, review, subscribe, that is so helpful in terms of podcasting. And otherwise, I will share space with you again sometime soon. See you next time.